Welcome to the Yes Collective podcast. The Yes Collective is an emotional health studio run by the best therapists and psychologists around. Our team focuses on cutting edge approaches like internal family systems, somatic therapies, authentic relating, and trauma-informed experiential group practices. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook to learn more. I'm Justin Wilford, PhD, Director of Content and co-founder of Yes Collective. And each week I join my host, Jenny Walters, licensed therapist and co-CEO of Yes Collective to bring you the most amazing cutting edge therapists, psychologists, coaches, and other leaders in emotional health. Thanks so much for joining us and be sure to subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts. We're thrilled to welcome back clinical psychologist and Reiki master, Nadia Torres-Eaton. It's not too often you get one person, the clinical experience and expertise combined with the openness to alternative healing modalities, which is why we always love learning from Nadia. Currently, she privately practices individual and family psychotherapy, as well as energy medicine in Santa Ana, California. We talk about what cycle breaking means to Nadia, how she helps her clients recognize and break cycles, and how she went through her own massive year-long cycle breaking journey. I promise you're gonna love Nadia's passion, wisdom, and hard-earned experience. So grab a cup of tea, cozy up, and settle in for what it takes to break cycles and create new patterns with Nadia Torres-Eaton. Thank you so much for joining us for March, our month dedicated to cycle breaking. We have had you on the podcast uh, several times before, and it's always a joy to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited about this. I, I love I love cycle breaking, so this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always fun but yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's not it's not always fun but and i think that we probably touched on cycle breaking the fir- the first i think in our very first podcast and then when you had we had you back on for therapist circles and i think we've talked yeah. about it other times as well yeah. it's a, i mean it's it, it is a let's see it's a ubiquitous topic because cycle breaking isn't just about these big intergenerational patterns that get passed down but we have these these personal cycles that that kind of pop up for us that might just be how we've developed and it might not be something that 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 got passed down or there are also cycles that can develop in relationships that just between us and another person that just build up yeah so cycles can come in in so many different ways uh but i wanted to start with just asking you how you think about cycles and cycle breaking what does it mean to you? I mean, aside from the the psychological conceptualization that we have about cycles and, you know, these are patterns and repetitions of behaviors that manifest in people's lives. And sometimes they are, they are patterns that have been passed down from their family systems, from their collective groups that from collective groups that they belong to. And then certainly just new patterns that they've developed in in their desire to protect themselves. You know, that's what I think of as a cycle. But from an energetic standpoint, which I know we'll talk a little bit more about um, later, I think of cycle breaking as 
changing the energy that generates the pattern of thinking and acting that maintains that style, you know? So like, so I think like sometimes there's an energy that keeps the person locked in. And of course, I I know you know this because of your IFS training that everything that we create is for protection, right? It's so it helps us stabilize in some way, shape or form because things felt unstable for us at, at the time. That's why we generated them. Yeah, there's the internal family systems approach that says, okay, yeah, our parts, they all do this yeah. work because they're trying to protect us. But I've really appreciated that there's this evolutionary aspect where it's almost like our behaviors and thoughts and patterns we have them here because they have been adaptive in some sense, in the same way That's that right. like in, in evolution, you know, species develop different tr- traits because they're adaptive, like they've, they've worked in that environment. They wouldn't have those traits if they didn't work. And that's one thing that I have slowly started to appreciate, like, oh, all of this stuff that I'm carrying Like it's worked at some point in my life and that's why it's here. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like when we think of of breaking a cycle, really what happens is we are being confronted with the fact that it's no longer working, right? Like that's that, that a new pattern needs to emerge. And sometimes it's really painful because we're resistant and we don't want to let go of our cycle. We, we, you know, feel so comfortable and attached to it. And sometimes, you know, there are some people who have radical acceptance and they're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And they might immediately jump into another cycle, but they use kind of similar patterns of like, I'm just going to be protective of myself and I'm just going to cut everybody off. And not that's not necessarily a true cycle breaking, but in their mind, you know, they think that it is. And so this is why I try not to, I try to be more neutral about the approach and, and, and think of it more like challenging programs that we've created internally. Like, um, I, I've even moved away from using words like trauma. I know we talked about trauma before because I think trauma sounds so, it sounds so permanent. And, and I, and I think that ch- like a program sounds like something that you can edit, that you can change mm. and that the person who generated the program has the ability to make those edits because you're the creator. You know, so you have all of the authority to make the edit. So we can think about cycle breaking as editing Mm -hmm. in a way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And we're what what we're editing are patterns of thinking and patterns of behavior, action that have worked for for us. And that if these are intergenerational, then they've worked in previous generations as well. That's right. And that what we're noticing now, the reason we would want to break them is because they're no longer working for some reason. Yeah, 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 for sure. And sometimes, sometimes this is so, it's not funny. I don't know why I'm I'm laughing. I just, I think maybe because like, there's a part of me that, yeah, (laughs) like there's a part of me that is like aware of like how entrenched we can get in a, in a pattern. And then, you know, I might notice like my husband 
giving me feedback, but the feedback isn't about my thinking, it's my behavior, because that's what, (laughs) that's what the other person notices, right? Like, it's never, it's never like, hey, I noticed you're having this really odd thought, like, that's not helpful. It's, I don't like what you're doing. (laughs) And that's how, that's how we get feedback that it's not working. (laughs) So I'm thinking about um, uh, patterns or cycles in my own life that I have and that I'm, I'm, I'm still in the process of editing, shall, shall we say. So something mm-hmm. like feeling one's feelings or acknowledging emotions. I recognize that I grew up in a family that, and this is just the larger families, is like not mm-hmm. just my dear, my dear parents, but the larger family system as well of a kind of Midwestern uh, farmer, just rub some dirt on it, brush yeah. it off. Don't, don't look inside too much or for too long. It's not going to do you any good. Um, oh, and here's, here's one that I grew up with. What's done is done. What's done is done. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so in adulthood, and then especially I'd say in the last five or six years, as I've been getting into the world of mental and emotional health, I think we might've started working together mm-hmm. in 2015, maybe yeah. 2016 with yeah. massive project and realizing that this approach was part of the problem. Like there, 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 there were things in my life, there were relationships that were not as good as they could have been. There were patterns of my own anxiety or my own confusion mm-hmm. that were wrapped up in this cycle, this cycle of not feeling, of not looking inside, of not thinking about the past, uh, just kind yeah. of moving on. But I think it took me a long time, though, to figure out how to actually do the editing. So now, now my question is, so you have, uh, I'm sure you have clients coming in slowly realizing that there are these patterns. I'm sure I'm not the only one who grew up in a family who said, what's done is done, move on, don't worry about it. So how do we, so, so how do we start to go through the cycle breaking process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I certainly have clients that I, I don't, I don't necessarily even think that they know that they're, that what they're trying to do is break a cycle. You know, sometimes they don't even have the awareness of that. It's just like they're, they notice that they're in a rut and it feels uncomfortable or other people are responding to them in a way that doesn't feel good to them. And I think in the beginning, it's always about having some awareness of what challenges are being, are presenting and like, and what are the patterns of the challenges? You know, and I think that that is a good first place to to start off by recognizing like, oh, I tend to be very reactive whenever people say even something remotely critical. You know, it might not even be actually critical. They're just giving normal feedback, but I'm having a stronger reaction than than uh, than somebody else would. You know, so then they might notice like, oh, I do that with my kids. I do that with my husband. I do that at work. I feel like my job there is to try to help them make sense like, hey, that's, have you noticed that this is what's happening? You're taking inventory of the, of the challenges as they are presented, presented. And, and I also encourage them to take inventory of the effect it is having in their lives. So it's like, so if you don't do anything about it, what does that mean? Like, how, how does that help you? 
You know, what does it do for you? How does it protect you? What does it do in terms of your relationships with other people? Because really what I'm trying to do at that moment is trying to set the person up to evaluate their level of motivation for whether they are going to commit to editing or not. And sometimes, I mean, you really need it to tip. If it's too comfortable for them and people are too accommodating around them, like I've had clients that get really annoyed. Actually, Justin, you know what ends up happening is somebody will come in and say, I'm really having trouble getting along with my wife. There's something wrong with her. And they want to spend a lot of time talking about the other person, but not about them. Or my kids or my colleagues or my other family member, (laughs) right? It's, It's everybody else. It's it's usually everybody else, but and there's like very little awareness about the fact that they are the person in relate in the relationship and that they are a contributing factor. Whether you know whether the other person is out of line or not is is not relevant to me in that moment because I'm like, well, if you want it to change, then then your cycle pattern is or the cycle to break is to set the limit. And that's the part they're having the hard time with, right? Mm, like they're like, right. oh, that's really hard. I don't want to, I just want her to change. So I don't have mm. to do my change. What it sounds like is a concept that I learned a couple of years ago uh, in one of the IFS trainings. So this might not, I, I doubt this is uh, unique to IFS, but it's called the radical U-turn. So oh, the yeah. radical U-turn of it might not even be other people, but just the universe or whatever. Like it's all yes. out there and the radical U-turn of like, oop, like what is yeah. going on inside? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what is absolutely. what is happening for you? I'm sure you've had times in your life, for instance, where you have had to work really, really hard and it was really hard work. And maybe you might have even had a bad attitude about it because you didn't think it was valuable to do the work or, or you were annoyed that you had to do the work or you felt like it was unfair to do the whatever that was, right? Like, and so in that, in that moment, we, we have a lot of resistance and the resistance is what's creating that pattern of dissatisfaction and um, inability to recognize the joy or, um, experience peace, even within, within whatever this, the struggle is, you know, later in life, once you've overcome some things, you might have things that are really difficult, equally difficult or difficult in other, in another way, but you have a different attitude about it. Maybe it's something you're pushing for and you're striving for it. And, so the, it's not that it it's not that the work is, you can't handle hard work it's it's the attitude it's the internal part that's making it difficult and that's why i love internal family systems because and and for any listeners who are unfamiliar with internal family systems you can uh look up our uh, episode last year with Frank Anderson, we talk all about it, but basically the idea is that internally we have parts, we are naturally multiple inside, but I love it because I recognize when you're talking here is like, oh yeah, I have a part that's really resistant to change. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm doing things like I'm fine. Like you all mm-hmm. are the ones <laughs> or the universe or whatever else, like I'm good. And when I can get a little bit of distance from this part, mm-hmm. I can relax back and I can recognize, oh yeah, like this part has all sorts of feelings of, of worth, 
of the idea of, you know, my, how good I am. It's all wrapped up with this part. If I can get a little bit of distance, I can then access other parts that are, that are really ready for change and really Mm -hmm. want something different. And I, I, I don't know that I, at least for me, I don't know that I have the capacity to really have big change without this parts framework because I, I, I have a part that just crowds ev- everyone out and doesn't want to <laughs> Sure. I mean, absolutely. I think everybody has that. Obviously, you know, like we have a part that is like what we project out into the world, right? And so, and, and we, it's our, it's our biggest defense. And so, of course, it makes sense that we would have resistance. We're going to try to protect it at all costs because it's, helped us for years and years. And I don't think it's easy to let go of the identity that we've created and curated so carefully and meticulously <laughs> because of our life experiences. But I'll tell you, it has, it has helped me immensely through the parts internal family systems framework, because the, the more I get to work with this part and not be mm-hmm. blended in this part, the more mm-hmm. I can see, oh, it's just a part and it's working so hard and it wants to defend and it wants to protect. I see that. And just that shift has opened up so much. And so I, 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 just, I just have to throw that out there as in my own cycle breaking journey. Yeah, no, I think you're right, because I've had I've had clients that are very critical of themselves, you know, for for things that aren't chance experiences like um, getting breast cancer or, you know, like having a child with a chronic like you, you have no control over that. It just happened. But there's but it generates so much guilt. Like I should have been more vigilant. I should have been on top of this. I should have done it. And, it, you know, there, it's the constant chatter like that. Right. And I, I think like when, when difference for me is that I, ca- I would call this like internal programming, you know, and that you generate new programs to protect yourself and, and that you can decide what you want to collapse and what you want to let go of and, and surrender so that it's no longer a constant voice, you know, because you are the creator of all of those pieces, you can decide that. And so I, what I try to do with clients, I think similar to what you're doing with IFS is creating a little bit of distance, but instead of just accepting that the part is there Like we want to do either some teaching to that part so that it wants to integrate to the part, the healthiest part of you and you are compassionate to that piece. And it actually, I think it helps clients be more gentle with themselves because then they see it as like, oh, like you're a wounded child or a wounded piece of me let me help you. Like there is a part of me that is really healthy and I really want to take you on. And so that, that fits very well with internal family systems because the whole, the whole idea is that when we start to get distance from all of these parts, what we see is that there is something inside us that is not a part. Yeah. And that is the soul, spirit, true self, source, whatever you want to call it. Um, But that that is totally undamaged, totally healthy, to- has calmness, compassion, and all of these other things. Um, and that when these parts get 
to be witnessed and held by that deepest part of us that the healing, uh, the alignment, the integration starts to happen. So Nadia, I, I'm, so I'm curious how much you're comfortable sharing about your own cycle breaking journey. Oh, yeah. So I don't throw it out there just as a, as a big question. I guess I'll just narrow in. Can you remember a time when you were younger and you realized, oh, here's a cycle and it's no longer working? Like it worked in the past, but now it's not. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you, I just, I just went through a really massive, huge, huge, I think, in, um, transformation for me internally. It was, it lasted a whole year and it was Whoa. really quite painful. I've, I, I've never gone through something this intense before, but I'll tell you how it happened and, and I'll, and I'll like break it down. At the end of 2021, I came to this realization, you know, I practice energy medicine. So I came to this realization that I really wanted to be in an energetic state that is stable, you know, as much as I can most of the time. And the only energies that I think are everlasting and stable. And by stable, I mean, they neutralize everything else around you, you know, so that, so for instance, like if I'm in, if I'm um, insecure or angry or whatever, like it agitates other people. But if I'm in a loving state, in a peaceful state, in a joyful state, that has no negative effect on other people. And it certainly has no negative effect on me, right? Like it's, it's nothing but positivity. So even even if I'm confronted with an angry person, it just gets neutralized because I'm, it doesn't affect me. And in fact, they might even experience, you know, a, a, a sense of peace because I'm not reacting, you know, in a, in a negative way. So my insecurity doesn't get activated. None of my other stuff gets activated. So that was my goal. So I wrote a series of meditations to help me unblock <laughs> and, and manifest this new level of energy. And so in, in energy, like what, what ends up happening is when you, when you set an intention, it's almost like the, the really healthy part of you brings up all of the things that stop you from being in that loving, peaceful state then. So I got like one after another, like all of these instances and moments in my life, like this is when I created this fear. This is when I created the sadness. This is when I created this lack of confidence. This is when I like, and it just like one after the other, like, and it was so painful. I, I've had, I think like, you know, most people you have life experiences, so you know what it's like to be depressed or down and, 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 um, I had had some really complicated life experiences. So I even, I would say that I, I've also experienced despair at times. But what I experienced last year was so intense and so painful, but only in my personal life, like in my professional life, I was able to come in, do my work, interact with clients. As soon as I retreated, I was back in that space. And it was really really uncomfortable. It affected um, my relationship with my husband. He was confused. He had never seen me this way before. So he was like, what is happening to you? My extent, my siblings that I raised and um, guided, they had their own reaction. And I think 
seeing me appear unstable made like triggered a lot of their um, early childhood experiences. And so like, this is what's fascinating about cycle breaking because you can make a change and it has ripple effects on everybody oh, yeah. around you. Right. Oh, so. absolutely. We're part of us. We're, 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 we're part of systems and systems and yes. systems. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. And so I, I even had these, it was like this really painful, emotional, um, adolescent time, um, because my parents were so strict as immigrants, like they were just like, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't have like you can't spend time with other people. Everybody else is, you know, dangerous. You can, you need to stay here. Like we need to watch you at all times. And, and so here I am, like feeling annoyed by that and saddened by it. And like what things I missed out on, like and and kind of coming to terms with like this. This was why I kind of kept people at an at arm's length. So I'm 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 telling you, like the really healthy part of me was really bringing up like, okay, well, you want to be in this loving, peaceful, joyful state, you got to clean all this up. This is this mm. is all the stuff that's blocking you from being there. It was, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay, it was okay, really so, painful. So what did that look like then? So, so you, uh, okay, what I'm hearing is you decided, okay, here, here are some things that I want to begin to work on. So then you go through this process and the things just start to come up. Yeah. And so as, as they present themselves to you, I, I mean, in framing this in terms of cycle breaking is like, these are all little cycles, right? That, yes. that are just like popping up, showing themselves to you. What is the next step? So you sit with them, but then what do you do next? Yeah, I, um, um, it was confusing because I had never had, I've done this before, but at a smaller scale, I had never done it at this larger scale. This was, it really felt more like I was, um, pioneering something for myself mm. and it was mm. really uncomfortable. And it, I think it's part of like why it lasted way longer than it needed to. But really what I was trying to do in the midst of the discomfort and the sadness and the sorrow and all of the, all of the stuff that was coming forward, I was trying to surrender and surrender and surrender and try and, and let go and just say, yes, that happened. Radical acceptance. Yes, that happened to you. It was really, it was really difficult, but that time is over. Let it go. And I, so I was just doing that part, um, trying to get to the, to the core to the source. And, and I think that this, that whole journey helped me come to this really deep, 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 deep understanding. I think it's one thing to know it cognitively. And it's another thing to know it in your heart and feel the integration of that and feel the wholeness, you know, and I came to this realization that at the core of who I am, the seat of my consciousness, I am love, peace, and joy. And everything else that I have done that blocks me from being in those states are distortions of program because I didn't know how to use the really sensitive part of me that is able to, to share that to experience it, to be in that state. 
because I, I, I came to these two realizations. Actually, there are three realizations. One is that that's the essence of who I am. Another piece was that I have a true self-compassion and that I also have a thinking part of me that is looking for fairness. I'm going to call it fairness, but it really is. It's, it's like the part of me that is able to generate guiding principles for how I live and interact with the world. And, and I think when these two pieces are healthy and in alignment with the seed of my consciousness, there's no reason for me to be critical of myself or other people. What, because everything else that they are doing or other people are do have whatever their experiences are, it's all rooted in the fact that they haven't met the true their true consciousness you know that mm. they haven't been aligned the true, in that yeah, state. The true self yeah. yeah yeah so it's it 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 helped me become like so much more calm and less like i can't remember a time as, except maybe as an infant i i mean i don't really have memory of it where i'm not i just don't feel afraid about the future i don't feel afraid for my life i don't feel afraid or sad or worried or angry about anything. Like it just feels like I'm, I'm just being and I'm okay with where I'm at and mm, whatever wow. happens, it just happens. So I'm listening for like the like main mechanism here. And it sounds mm -hmm. like, well, there's not like, like a couple of really important mechanisms in this cycle breaking process. The first one is and this is what we talked about right at the beginning, recognizing, oh, here's some cycles that I want to break or something's happening here in my life or I want something in my life that is different yeah. from what's that. So, all right. So that's, that's the first part. Then the second thing is, can I now begin the process of, of this introspection or this kind of insight work of when did these cycles begin for me? When yeah. in my life did these cycles take root? And so, yes. so that would be the, the second part. And then I'm hearing a third thing of being with those, well, in terms of, of like internal family systems parts work, being with the parts that are that, that started those cycles, yes. letting those parts show you everything, tell you everything, yes. share with you all the feelings, you know? And then what I heard was instead of resisting, uh, locking them away, trying to change them, you just sat with them and then let, so I heard, let them go. So that's it, right. Uh, not a like resistance or a pushing back, but a kind no. of letting it be here and then letting it go. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I think that, um, so I, I would call that like, I'm calling that insight oriented energy medicine because I think of those parts as having their own energy and yeah. that I created yeah. that energy and that I've been hanging on to that energy. And I, and I'm now saying, I'm aware that I created you and, and I know why I created you and I could see how useful you were at the time, but it also has, you know, some drawbacks and it's not necessary for me to have you anymore. 
Okay, so I'm going to be a little rambunctious or uh, off, <laughs> That's fine. Off, off script here because now I am I have a curiosity that I that I just want to explore. So sure. In and uh, I assume listeners who've gotten this far into the podcast are just going to come along with us for the ride. I, <laughs> as you know, I I love internal family systems. It's become my my big thing over the last several years. From an internal family systems perspective, what I have had such a hard time wrapping my head around, but once I just let go of it and I was like, okay, I'm just going to act as if this were the case. The idea that parts have their own motivations, ideas, mm -hmm. feelings, desires, that parts in as one trainer told, told me last year, and he said, Think about parts as if they were sacred beings. And this is hard for somebody who spent his whole life in academia, you know, mm -hmm. a, a sacred, uh, I can't get on board with that. But he said, just act as if, like when you're working with a client, when you're working with yourself, act as if these parts are sacred beings with their own history and desires and feelings and all this stuff. And when you do this, you're going to see the work moves a lot faster. So I'm curious for you how, how it feels inside to, to think about parts as not something that you've created, but rather these parts um, as sacred beings took on their protective behaviors and beliefs and all this stuff at times in your life when you needed them to. For me, there's 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 something different, and I can't quite put my finger on it right now about this shift of saying, "Oh, I see that you um, anxious part. You've told me your your history. You've told me when you first took on this job. You've told me, and to kind of have that bigger distance from from this part that it's that I didn't create you. Like you are a part of my system, and I'm just curious as you hear this if what you think if if i can if i can conceptualize that as not something i created but something that that i came to this world with you mean kind of like that well more like when we use the word i in its in its in its best form we are referring to that true self that that mm -hmm. ground of being that source what you know um and so that true self didn't create a part that has the anxiety that we're born. So in terms of an internal family system, we're born with, 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 with parts. They, they come into the world with different proclivities. Like some are more sensitive, some like art, some like the outdoors, whatever, but that over our lives, they take on jobs because like, Oh, we grew up in a family that might've been abusive or neglectful or whatever the case is. And these parts had to take on jobs in order to protect us. So in that since our true self didn't create the part's role, the part took that on as its own job. And then in the healing process, the self is just listening and holding and just being this compassionate, calm care taker of this, this part. Yeah. So I have, I agree that the true self is, is the, is like the recipient holder, kind of like the, a benevolent parent that is just yes. not going yes. to reject your children, you know, no matter what they <laughs> do, like yeah. you're just going to yeah. love them, Never. you know, hundred yeah. <laughs> but I do think that, you know, 
this this is what I meant by like this cycle breaking that I did. I think that we have a masculine and feminine side. And I think it's very similar to when we think of like yin and yang, like a dark side and a bright side, you know, things like that. And like we've, we've heard that conceptualization all the time. And I'm not saying that masculine is dark. I just meant there's a part of this energy within us that is very much more analytical and less sensitive, you know, and I'm going to call that part the, a more masculine tendency. And I think that the very sensitive, sensitive part of me, the one that is always searching for self-compassion, because it's so sensitive, I do think that it has the ability to create. Like that is, and it searches for pleasure. And I'm going to call pleasure anything that is protective, you know, because it ha- pleasure has a beginning, a middle and an end. Whereas you know, love, peace, and joy are everlasting. Like those, they don't end. They're consistent energies. And so, so I think of that peace as the creator. And for the first time, I, you know, I'm not a religious person. I didn't, I grew up with Christian faith, but I really struggled with the dogma and the, like, there are some, some fundamental things that they believe that I just, I have a hard time with. Like, I, I'm just like, I rationally, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So I can't get on board with that. But having gone through this experience and going through the cycle breaking and going through this understanding, for the first time, I was thinking about that story about the prodigal son. And I, and I felt like it made more sense to me, you know, Whoa. and I, yeah. I was thinking about that this week. <laughs> That's so yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking like, okay, so like, it, you know, if you take that story and and apply it, like here's the cr- there's a critical son that's judgmental, right? And then there's the the son that goes off and takes off with his inheritance and takes all of his stuff. And I think that's the piece. Like your inheritance is that you are a creator. You can create the universe, the 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 life, the experience that you want to have. But if you don't know how to use the sen- the tool because you haven't calibrated to the sensitivity of it, then you are going to create things that feel more pleasurable or protective, you, you know? And so until you come to the realization that you have, that you are the sensitivity and that your role is actually to create ways to share the love, peace, and joy within you, then you know, the prodigal son is living uncomfortably, let's just call it that, you know, even though it might seem pleasurable at the time. So you confuse pleasure for something that, um, I guess, like, it's actually painful, but they think of it in that moment as like positive. And, um, and he remembers like, oh, I can go home and be stable. If I reconnect, to the peace, to the true self, you know, and the father in the story is like, come home, we are so happy. The critical son's like, I can't believe you're okay with this. Look at all the stuff that they did, you know, blah, blah, blah. So like, there are, of course, like the distortion of the anger and the injustice, the looking for fairness is always there, but it doesn't get calibrated until the sensitivity part comes first. So it always has to come first. <laughs> so, so two, I, I have 
so many thoughts. One is, I love this quote, justice is just a replacement for love. Something mm-hmm. uh, that's not the right quote, but it's essentially, yeah. we like, it's a standing. we have justice yeah. where there's no love. And yes. so that critical analytical part in us that wants to punish other parts of us that might have sought pleasure or might have numbed out or lazy or whatever Mm -hmm. the case is. And it's like, yeah, that part wants justice. But I was working with the, this is, this is why I thought of it. I was working with a client last week doing IFS work and there was all this stuff going on inside around a critical judgmental part that was really angry at a part Mm -hmm. that had numbed and was and 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 had mm-hmm. and had uh kind of moved away from some responsibilities that were really important but had avoided them and was doing a lot of in IFS they call it firefighter mm-hmm. behavior just you know numbing mm-hmm. out and as we just worked and worked and worked can we get parts to relax back can we just get your true self to be with the numbing part can we just get the true self to be with this firefighter part eventually once once we got the analytical judgmental parts to relax back back and there were more than one of them once he got enough space just to be with his true self and just witnessing the numbing part it was nothing but love and compassion and acceptance and calmness. There was no judgment at all. And after the session, he, uh, he <laughs> yeah, he was, he was shocked. He was like, I had no idea that I could have compassion for this part. And then once the compassion was there and it was calm and just accepting, then the part that was numbing started to share all this stuff about how it didn't actually really want to numb. That it yeah. was trying to get a little bit of of relief at these intense times, but it really wants to be a part of the whole system and it wants to help. It doesn't want to take him out. It doesn't want to, you know, right. destroy his life. Right, <laughs> um, right. And so afterwards, I was thinking about the prodigal son story in the same way. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, because, that's exactly so- I mean, I know we got super philosophical in this podcast today, but but I feel like, I, I mean, it's in my nature. I, I like joke with people and tell them, I think I was a philosopher in another life, if you believe in other lives, you know, but <laughs> because I'm, I'm very fascinated by this concept. And, and I, I know at some point um, you mentioned a quote and I, I, I wanted to share one too, because there's, a, I have a favorite quote by um, Lao Tzu. He's a Chinese philosopher and he says, in pursuit of knowledge, every day something is gained. In pursuit of wisdom, every day something is dropped. You're letting go. <laughs> letting go. Beautiful. You know? Beautiful. Oh, okay. So before we move on to our three final questions, I do want to ask for you, and I'll set this question up real quick. In internal family systems, once again, um, we can think about all of these cycles that we want to break and, and, uh, and then we can call some of these things that we're holding on to legacy burdens, right? Like mm-hmm. there's stuff passed down from other, uh, from past generations that we want to let go of. But there are also generational heirlooms. There are things that have been passed down for previous generations that we actually want to hold on to. We don't just want to reject. And so I'm curious for you, what are a couple of heirlooms, just internal, emotional, 
good things that have been passed down <laughs> that you want to keep? I do feel like one thing that I got from my family was a sense of connection, you know, like a, a, des a desire for connection and being like having each other's backs, like truly having each other's backs. And I, and it, and I think that that I will always, will always stay. Like I don't, I don't want to ever give that part up. But I do think just in that, like the way that I have somebody's back might be different than the way it was taught, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but the core of that, like the heirloom there is commitment, right? Like yeah. I am committed to having your back or I'm, I'm yes. committed to showing up for you. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that part is there, but, um, but like how and what that looks like is going to be different. And sometimes it might not necessarily match their expectation, but I, I feel confident enough that I can do it in a way that still feels really supportive and caring and loving towards the other person. So it's not just like I rush in to rescue you, though, because I think like that that's the cycle that I had to break, <laughs> you know, but I can say, OK, I've got your back. You're having a hard time. Let's work on this together. What are your options? And like helping them problem solve. Right? And so really being present for that part rather than like taking over, which I think in the, the family tends to do that when somebody's having a hard time, like somebody else will just take over. And so like they are committed to being supportive, but, but sometimes that doesn't always feel good, you know, in the way that it's done or it, like, it might not feel good to the person that's doing it too, because they're like, Oh, everybody expects me to do it or whatever, you know? And it's, and then it's not resentment might, might build. Mm -hmm. um, right. Well, that's perfect. The way that you set that up because heirlooms often uh, we, you know, when they get passed down, we need to clean them off. We need yeah. to polish them. You know, right. <laughs> they don't come in just perfect yes. <laughs> condition. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So our final three questions. First one is Nadia, if you could put a post-it note on everybody's fridge tomorrow morning, the whole, the whole world wakes up, they got a fridge, uh, they got a post-it note on their fridge from Nadia. What would that post-it note say? I think I, I would write, I am ready for change. Mm, I am ready, for, ready change. for change. I think, I think I am, and you mentioned this earlier, is the strongest program slash affirmation, if you want to use it as an affirmation, but it's the strongest program we use with ourselves. We say things like that all the time. I am sad. I am depressed. Mm. I am angry. I'm, I'm, you know, so annoyed right now. I, they, people use it so much, but if you, you know, if you're saying I am ready for change or I am open, that might even be more powerful. I am open, I'm open to, change. to change. I'm open yeah. to change. I'm ready for change. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so you've already given us a quote, uh, but I'm so if you have another quote that you want to share is fine. But if uh, you just want to restate the Lao Tzu quote from from before, a quote that has changed the way you, you think or feel. Henry Thoreau who is also author, poet, and philosopher. <laughs> I'm very partial to philosophers. <laughs> um, <laughs> the soul grows by subtraction. Mm, right in line with mm -hmm. Lao Tzu's quote. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The soul grows by subtraction. Mm, wow. Yeah, a lot of letting go. A lot of letting yes. go. 
Yeah. And so final question, Nadia, what is one thing that is giving you hope right now? You know, I'm, I'm telling you, Justin, like it was such a transformational year for me last year. And it shook all of my relationships up in every way. And some are still being reorganized. So I think in another time, that reorganization would have felt really painful and hard, hard for me. But knowing, truly coming to this awareness and knowing that at the core of my being, I am love, peace, and joy, and that that is the essence of who I am, then it also helps me understand that you are love, peace, and joy at the essence of who you are. And everybody in my life is love, peace, and joy at the essence of who they are. So it makes me feel so much more at ease, regardless of what they're doing, regardless of how they're behaving. I know that their prodigal son will come back home. Mm. And it'll be okay. And it'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, Nadia, thank you so much for the wisdom. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful time. And um, yeah, I'm so grateful. Thank you. No, thank you. I had a great time too. I love talking about <laughs> deep philosophical things. <laughs> oh, and absolutely. That's exactly why I love to have you on. And I can't wait to have you back also. I'll, 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 just, I'll just put this out there because you are also a Reiki master and we haven't really gotten into that. And so we got to have you back on to talk about that work. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to. Let me know. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Nadia. Thank you. Hey, if you like what we're doing here at Yes Collective Podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player, share it with other parents in your life, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes Collective is a mental health movement for all parents, so let's spread the love.